Tonight, as we move into our time of, of the message, I want to begin with a video that many of you may have seen on Facebook or some other way, but some of you may have not, but I think it really sets up tonight's uh, message. And so I want you to watch this video with me, if you would. All right. All right. This is for Mama. Oh, it's going to be so bad. Oh, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. All right. That's not enough. Oh, my goodness. It's green. Daddy's not. No. Oh, oh, man. There's get, get crap everywhere. I don't know how to do this. Oh, my goodness. Here we go, buddy. I'm sorry. It's on your legs. It's on your legs. Okay, here we go. Okay, we're doing. We're getting it! Yay! We're daddy! Yay, we're getting it! I know, buddy. Oh, my God. Yay for Cooper! Oh, so hard. Oh. Oh. Mama's going to be so excited that daddy did it. Because it's apparently bad. A bad one. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yay! It's almost done. It's all coming out. Oh god! Oh, oh, oh! Please just let it in. Oh god! Oh, we're almost done. Hey, look at that! We're it's. It's still a little bit of 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 a little how many of you moms saw your dads do that, your husbands do that, and you just laughed at them, much like we did to that poor guy tonight? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Listen, yeah, it's a, life is messy sometimes, isn't it? You know, it's, it's all over your leg. It's, there's a whole lot of it. Man, life is messy. Aren't you glad God's not like that with your mess? With our mess. He's not going, oh, your mess makes me sick. Oh, there's too much of your mess. Oh, your mess is on your leg. Oh, my. I can't handle this. Oh, somebody's going to be proud of us. 
But aren't you glad that in the, in the mess of our lives, God is not like that guy? Tonight, I want to talk about the God in our mess. Because it's in the midst of our messes and our struggles that we have a God that we can count on. And I, I believe in, 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 in what got me thinking about this was uh, an article I read who says that oftentimes the church just says to its people, to God's people, if you'll just do more. If you'll do more Bible study, if you'll do more worship, if you'll do more service, if you'll just pray more, if you'll just have more faith, then God will do more for us. And I understand that. I, there was a time in my life when, when I questioned my faith or even the lack of faith. God, do I not even have enough faith? And God says, but I, regardless of what you do, I want, there's some things that I want to do for you. You see, the problem with that kind of thinking puts the, totally upon us. And it's like, I've got to do more to make God happy so he'll do more for me. Tonight, you may find yourself in the midst of a mess. And my goal tonight is, is to help you see that God is there beside you, to encourage you that, that God is ready to be and provide whatever it is you need in the midst of your struggle, whatever that is, in the midst of the messes of life that you find yourself. Here's what I know about God. God wants to be involved in my mess if I let him. See, I can keep God at arm's length, can I? And I can handle it myself. But man, I just, man, I just find myself deeper and deeper in a mess. But if we let him, God wants to be in the middle of of our messes with us. David expresses this in 2 Samuel 22. And if you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. 2 Samuel chapter 22. Um, it's an incredible book. And, but, but David says, and he discovers this, and he shares this, that listen, we have a God that wants to be involved in our messes. And when he is, he reveals more of himself to you and to me as he does has to David up to this point. In 2 Samuel 22, David shows us how God worked in his own life throughout the years of his relationship with God. David also shows us how God revealed himself through David's relationship with the Lord. So 2 Samuel 22. Now listen, we're going to look at the first four verses here in just a minute. We're going to read those, and, but we're going to look at the whole chapter entirely. But listen, how many of you know what the Mariana Trench is? Anybody ever heard of that place? It's like the deepest place in the ocean. It's 6.8 miles deep. If you put Mount Everest in there and, and set it on the deepest part, you'd still be a mile from the surface. This is the Mariana Trench of David's, one of David's psalms, and we'll, see, we'll mention that in a minute. Psalms 18 is also second. Samuel 22. There's a lot here, and we can go really, really deep into what David's saying, but we just don't have the time, and that's not really my purpose. My purpose is to show you who God is and what he wants to do in your own life, what he wants to be in your life in the midst of your struggles, and hopefully encourage you. And so let's look at verses 1 through 4, if you'll read with me. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, 
The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior from violent men. You save me. I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise. And I am saved from my enemies. Would you pray with me? Father, tonight as we look into your word and we look at your life with David and we hear David's heart from his perspective of his relationship with you, Lord, may it encourage us. May it be a blessing to us. May it just help us invite you into the messes of our life and allow you to be what we need. We ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. I want to give you six ways God's presence helps us in the midst of our messes. And the first one is we see right here in, in verse two, that, that in, I mean in verse three, that God is a personal God. I mean, look at the terms, how, how David defines who God is. The Lord is my rock. He is my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my Savior from violent people. You save me. Now, when he uses this term my, he's not really talking about ownership. It's not like it's not like, hey, that's my car, I own it. Does that make sense? He's not saying, God, God does this for me because I'm in charge. It's like you, how you and I would say, that's my father, or that's my mother, or my brother, or my sister. It's establishing relationship. And what we see from David, if we read his life story, we see that that relationship with God started at a very, very early age. In fact, when he goes before Saul, when he, before he fights uh, uh, Goliath, Saul says, man, what's prepared you to go fight this guy? He says, listen, when the bear, I think it was the wolf, right? I just lost my train of thought. When they came and they attacked my sheep, the Lord empowered me and I went and I took it from them. And I killed them. I tore their mouth apart, whatever. And so he knows that his relationship with God it goes way back to his teens. And now David has been fighting with his enemies. His, he's lived in the caves of Adullam. He's run from Saul. He lost his wife, Michael. Uh, he uh, lost his mentor, uh, uh, Samuel. He has uh, man, lost his best friend, Jonathan. He has, he has acted crazy in the midst of his enemies. He has... Uh, fought his enemies, physical uh, enemies from outside, but his enemies from within. David has lived a life with God. And what he says is that in the midst of my life, I come to and after I've fought all my enemies, well, here's what I discovered. My God is my rock. He's my rock. He's somebody I can anchor into. He's my fortress. I can plant my life in him. I can find help in him. He is for me. You see, for David, God was not this far-off God that, that existed in the heavenlies and wasn't interested in his day-to-day -day life. Sometimes we forget that God 
is not out of touch with us. We, we live like that sometimes, like God is not in touch with us, like he's unaware of what we're going through, but yet God isn't. God is not removed from our lives. He wholly wants to be involved in the day-to-day -day aspects of our lives. And when we find ourselves in the midst of life struggles, remember, God is there for you. He wants to walk through this mess that you're in of your life, whatever you find yourself in. He wants to walk through that with you, not leave you to your own accord. And so David has established right up front, God's a personal God. He wants to be involved in my messes with me. And David has experienced that firsthand, and he's encouraging us, listen, Wind Baptist Church, whatever you're experiencing today, whatever struggle you're going through today, how deep or how shallow that struggle may be, God wants to be in the midst of it. So he's a personal God, but here's another place. God's a safe place. God's a safe place. Look, he uses the term, God is my rock, in verses 2, 3, and 47. In verse 2, he says, he is my fortress. In verse 3, he says, he is my stronghold. In verse 3 and 31, it says, he is my shield. God is a place of refuge and rest. When he calls him his rock, he was a place of, 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 of natural, like a cliff rock kind of thing and it's this natural habitat that is created by God where, where you could find protection that you could anchor your life that you could find protection from the enemy that you could hide from the enemy and God would provide that hiding place for you that's what he's saying is like listen go to God he wants to hide you from the enemy he is the shield he's going to protect you you realize God's shield is impenetrable right it's not like you know a human shield that we make and can rust and I mean God it's he's and I can hide behind God. Well, no matter what struggle I'm in, Lord, I need some rest. Come, hide behind me. Let me be in front for a while. Let me take the shots for a while. He is my fortress and my stronghold. A fortress and a stronghold was, was a man-made structure usually, unless it was carved out of the side of a mountain. But it was a man-made structure where you could go and get away from the enemy, and it was... It was very, very difficult to penetrate for the enemy to get to you. It was high, it was rock, it was, it was strong, and it was a place where you could find rest from the enemy. It was a safe place. Some of us here needs a safe place right now. We need a safe place. So many times we just need a place to rest, a place away from the enemy. Let me ask you this question. How many of you feel like you're worn out from fighting the enemy? Don't raise your hand. But you feel like today, Mike, I'm just, I'm exhausted. I'm worn out. David says there's a place of protection, a place of relief from the fighting. How many of you find yourself exhausted from the messes of daily life? Yeah. Joshua's a five-year-old now. There is no preparation prepares us for, really, truly, and that is for marriage and for, and for parenting. You could take all the parenting classes, you could read all the books you want, but until a four-year-old tries to negotiate with you, nothing prepares you for that. I, I feel like one day I'm going to turn on the news, there's going to be a hostage situation, and there's Joshua Ship out there negotiating with the guy. He's good. 
Who teaches them to do that? Nobody told me, oh, by the way, when your son gets to be four, he's going to want to negotiate. He's not going to just say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, no, sir. He's going to negotiate. You can't negotiate with a four-year-old. But life gets hard, doesn't it? Whether it's with children, and if you've got teenagers, you, you know what I'm talking about. If you've had those teenagers, you know what I'm talking about. If you've got preteens, you know what I'm talking about. If you're married, nothing prepares you for living with another person. Nothing prepares you for a snoring husband. No, there's nothing that prepares you for that. So we find ourselves in the midst of daily messes, and we're exhausted. Listen, living life sometimes can be exhausting, can it? Just job and family and, and stuff at the house, and you're just like, this is just wearing me out, God. I need a safe place. God says, come here. Let me be your rock. Let me be your fortress. Let me protect you from the onslaught of the enemy, from the battle of today. Let me give you some rest. Do you remember what Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty eight? 28? He said, come to me. All who are what? Weary and heavy laden. All who are burdened. And he will give us what? Rest. We just need to come to God and invite him into our messes and allow him to give us, tell him, Lord, I just need a break. I need some rest. And allow him to do that for us. Not only is he a personal God, he's a God who saves us, but also he's a God who strengthens us. In verse 3, David says, he is the horn of my salvation. And that's kind of a weird term. We don't throw that around in business meetings very much. You know, we're going to do business with them because they're the horn of our salvation. We, we don't throw that term around a lot. But in the Old Testament, it was meant to represent uh, power and strength. What he was saying is, God is my strength. He's my power. In verse 33, 34, and 40, David writes that God strengthens him. Sometimes we just need strength to get through the mess, don't we? It's not that the mess is hard or is wearing us out or we don't know what to do. We just need, God, I just want to get through it today, so just give me the strength. I know what that's like. Many days I wake up and I have, some of you know this, many of you may know this, I have what's called psoriatic arthritis. And it's very similar to rheumatoid arthritis. It just shows itself a little differently. I have it in both my feet, in my toes, my ankles, uh, in my hands, my shoulder, my knees, at times in my neck. I'll even have it in my jaw. Uh, and it's painful. And there's, there's no cure. I mean, I just manage the pain. And so there's days when it's painful. You wonder, is, is this new medicine going to work or not? And some days it doesn't, some days it doesn't. But there are many days you sit in and in the presence of God, and you just go, God, just, just give me the strength to get through today. And there are days when I can't hold a pen and write because it hurts. And that's frustrating me because I love to write and journal, and, and I can't do that. And I have to find different ways to write my thoughts and, and things that, that God is teaching me. And, but it can be frustrating. And, and some days, it's not that I can't get through it. I just need strength. And you know what I'm talking about. Some of you understand that. 
You just need to get strength to get through this mess. It's not overwhelming. It's not wearing me out. Lord, just strengthen me, embolden me, empower me to get through today's stuff. So he strengthens us. Also, God saves us. God saves us. In verses 3, 4, 18, and 20, David refers to God either as a rescuer or a savior for his salvation. In verse 17, he talks about God grasping us, grasping us and holding us and then pulling us out of difficult situations. <laughs> you ever find yourself feeling like you're a little in over your head? You're a little overwhelmed with life or whatever the struggle is. Maybe you're like this dad who was overwhelmed by the mess and all that that included. And you just needed some help. You just need, God, I need somebody to rescue me. I need somebody to, to save me. Verse 17, David understood what it meant to be overwhelmed by the enemy, yet he says, the Lord grabbed hold of David's life and would not let it go. And it says, he pulled him out of the deep. And I don't know what that is for you. Is it your marriage? I mean, I can only imagine what, um, what, what Hannah and, and Jacob went through with, you know, you're wanting to, to adopt and then if something falls through and Man, you just feel overwhelmed by that. And, and man, sometimes we just need God to pull us up. We just need God to pull us up. Maybe that's what you need tonight. Maybe you just need God to, to pull you up, to take hold of you, because you know when God grabs onto you, He's not going to let go, right? He's not going to let you fall back into that pit, He's going to pull you out. But God also fights for us. Look with me in verses 8 through 15. This is a, a long passage section here, but I love what he says. He says, The earth trembled and quaked. The foundations of the heavens shook. They trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his snow. Oh, let me ask you, who do you think God was angry at? David or his enemies? Yeah, he was angry at the enemies. He says, smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire came from his mouth, burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind, and he made darkness his canopy around him, the dark rain clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven, the voice of the Most High Resounded and look at 15. He shot arrows, and what did he do to David's enemies? He scattered David's enemies. Sure, what God does for us. He so many times we are fighting and fighting and fighting, and we just need somebody to fight for us. And we've never invited God to do that. And God said, Listen, I'll, I'll fight for you. The Bible says David cried out to him, and, and he came and he saw what David's enemies were doing to him. And he scattered them. He fought for David. He dispersed his enemies. And some of us just need God to come fight for us. You just need God to fight for us. Maybe you're tired of fighting the fight. I want to encourage you tonight. God wants to fight for you. He wants to fight for you. But you know what? God also cares for you. 
Look at verse 7 to me, with me. I love this verse. Because it says in verse 7, In my distress, in this struggle I was dealing with, in being overwhelmed with the enemy, I called to who? Called to the Lord. I cried out to God. I didn't go to my best friend. I didn't go to my Bible study teacher. I didn't go to the pastor. I cried out to the Lord. And from his temple, he heard my voice. My cry came to his ears. God heard David's cries. And I want to encourage you today. God hears your cries too. When it gets difficult and hard, when it's stressful, and we cry out to the Lord, we pray to the Lord, God, you see what I'm going through? I could really use some help now. God hears that cry. Remember what's Pastor Don's favorite prayer? Lord, help me. David said the same thing. When I cried to the Lord, Lord, help me. God heard his prayers. They don't, your prayers don't fall on deaf ears. Imagine a God that wants to be in the middle of your mess, but also wants to hear what's going on in your heart and wants to hear your struggles. And then in verse 51, David says that God showed his unfailing Lord, uh, failing love toward, I mean, kindness toward him. And he wants to do the same to you. In the midst of doing battle here on earth, God wants to reveal his unfailing kindness to you and me. Some days we just need somebody to be nice to us, don't we? We just need somebody who's going to be nice to us. And God says, I can be that. That's because I care for you. And so God is a personal God. He saves us. He is a place of refuge. He is a place of safety. He strengthens us. He fights for us. And believe it or not, he cares for us. Now, there are some other ways that God reveals himself in this passage. And like I said, we could dive deep and we'd be here a long time. But he's also a lamp. He says, God is a lamp uh, unto my life, unto my path. And, and, and we could talk more about what that means. And there are other ways in here. And I want to encourage you. Go home and read 2 Samuel 22 for yourself. Read in there and see where God wants to help you. How does he want to reveal himself to you? Tonight was just simply the introduction, as I said, to what the Lord wants to do for you as he did for David. But as many of us know that it begins a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. And, and maybe you're here today because you've been fighting this fight all by yourself and you've never realized there's somebody who wants to fight this fight with you and for you. And it starts with a relationship through Jesus Christ by placing your trust in Christ as Lord and Savior. The Bible says, For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and yet he showed us his own love, that while you and I were still sinners, Christ died for us. That God loved you and me so much that he gave his one and only son to die on the cross, that whoever believes in him puts their trust in him for eternity and for today. 
would not perish, but have everlasting life. And maybe that's you here today. You need to put your faith in Christ and experience the God who wants to get in the middle of your mess for the first time. Maybe you're here and you have made a profession of faith, but you feel like you've been fighting all alone. Maybe it's time for you to invite him into your mess. And maybe tonight you need to, there's something you need to repent of and seek God's forgiveness and say, God, I, I've been doing this all by myself and I'm really wore out and I'm coming to you and I ask that you would forgive me. And You need to reestablish that relationship with the Lord and, and allow him to come in there's no, and into your messes because there's nothing he can't handle. There's nothing you're going to experience in your life that's going to make him feel like that dad. He's not going to get sick at your mess. Maybe you find yourself tonight thanking him that he's not like the dad in that video. That your mess doesn't make him sick. And you thank him, Lord, thank you for wanting to be in the middle of my struggle with me. Thank you for wanting to walk with me through this, to encourage me to be a blessing to me, to save me, to give me a place of rest and of refuge, to protect me, to fight for me. Maybe you just realize that God does love you, and like David, you need God to be something you need. And maybe you don't even need, know what God wants to be in your life or what he needs to be. You simply ask him, God, what do I need you to be in my life right now? And maybe you do. Maybe you do know. You've just never taken the opportunity to allow him to do that. And so maybe you just need to pray right where you are. Dustin and I will be down here. We'll pray with you. You can come down here before the Father. And uh, Sometimes it's easier for me to pray down here because I'm not distracted by the people around me. And, and uh, if, you, if you're an ADD prayer like me, that's easy to do. So I get away where I can come before God, just me and him. And I pray. And maybe tonight you just need to go, God, here's where I need you right now in the mess of my life.